Welcome to week two of Blockbuster Season. This week we have ten movies to talk about, we have two remakes, quite a few comedies, and a movie from the past. It's the week of May 12, 2017, and this is Future Flicks with Billion. Alright everyone, welcome. This is Future Flicks, and I am your host, Billiam. Let me start off like I always do by giving you a little information on what this show is all about, just in case you're new. If you're new, welcome. I hope you stick around for more episodes. And if you are a returning listener, welcome back. How you doing? You're looking good. Have you lost weight? All right, in Future Flicks, I go over every movie that's being released during the week. I tell you what it's about, who's in it and my thoughts on it. I will give the movie a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, also known as the Bill Score. This score is only based on the trailer and anything I've read about the movie. But let's move on to a little bit of housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Tumblr, as well as any podcast listening app. You can hear me on the Somewhat Nerdy website and read my blogs there as well when I actually get around to writing some. That site is somewhatnerdy.com. You can reach me on Twitter, at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And I'm also on Instagram, at BilliamSWN there as well. So let's move on to our first segment, which, as always, is the news. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 swept the weekend with a $145 million domestic opening and a $428 million worldwide weekend. It beat the opening weekend of Volume 1 by 53%. Also in box office news, Get Out has now passed the $200 million worldwide mark. That's very impressive for a $4.5 million movie. If you're not a subscriber or you happen to miss it, I did a movie review podcast for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, episode 10 of the Future Flicks with Billiam Movie Night, which I was originally hoping to do a lot more, but this podcast takes up a lot of my time. So having two separate podcasts each week wasn't wasn't going to be a thing. That, that wasn't going to be a thing, and I could do it, but I would have to have absolutely no life, and I barely see my friends as it is. But check that out. It's up. That's why this is a day late. It's not just because I was busy at work. It's because I was busy with another podcast. And in some very serious news, MovieWeb broke a pivotal story on the 4th. Warner Brothers Pictures has come under fire regarding the movie Wonder Woman. It turns out at the 1 minute and 47 second mark of the first trailer, you can see her armpits. <gasps> and her armpits are paler than the rest of her skin me how does stuff like this happen we live in the modern age tan lines shouldn't be a thing oh god i'm almost crying here <laughs> all right i you not someone noticed this and made a big stink about it so much so that warner brothers went back and edited gal gadot's armpits i can just imagine some pervert looking for spank bank material and noticing that and having a cow and whoever made a big stink about this is a gigantic head all right, on to less world-shaking news. We have simultaneously good and bad news. Hellboy is getting an R-rated movie, a reboot. 
This is going to star David Harbour from Stranger Things as Hellboy and will be directed by Neil Marshall, who directed The Descent. It sounds promising, but the bad part is we will never see a third chapter of the original Hellboy series directed by Guillermo del Toro and starring Ron Perlman. All this is according to MovieWeb. Variety reported that Beauty and the Beast, the live-action remake, has become the highest-earning PG movie of all time in the United States. With $487.7 million at the domestic box office, it beat out last year's Finding Dory that had a measly $486.3 million. Talk about scrub tier, am I right? Mind you, this is just in the domestic box office. Globally, Frozen holds the title with a $1.28 billion gross. So basically... Disney beat Disney for the record in America, but didn't even come close to beating the world record holder, Disney. That last story was thanks to Variety. Screen Rant is reporting that Nickelodeon has confirmed a third SpongeBob SquarePants movie, and good God, let it die. Finally in the news, thanks to PopCulture.com, Ridley Scott says a sequel to the original Alien movie is on its way. Scott said that this movie will answer the questions regarding the space jockey seen in the first Alien movie. This report said nothing about the possibility of retconning James Cameron's Aliens and David Fincher's Aliens 3, as well as Alien Resurrection. And now, my friends, it's time to step into the trailer trove. Yes, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it each and every episode because I'm a lazy I've also decided to change up the trailer trove again because I was putting all of the links in the show notes, but you guys can look it up just as easy yourself. Just go to YouTube, type in the movie, it's there. The only time I'm going to put any links in the show notes are either more obscure things or things directly related to the Somewhat Nerdy website. But let's jump into the trove. A first look, which in this case is a short scene, was released for the upcoming movie It. This movie is set for a September 8th release date, and this movie is looking better and better. The second trailer for Blade Runner 2049 is out, and it looks promising. It feels like they kept the spirit of the first one, but of course it's still way too early to tell. Dunkirk has a second trailer, and it looks even better than the first. If you weren't thrilled with the way the first one looked, then give this one a try. It looks better, and frankly more interesting than the first trailer made it look. We now have a trailer for a thriller starring Bill Nye, not the science guy, but the British Bill Nye, called The Limehouse Golem. This is being tagged as a horror movie, but there's nothing horror-y about it. And that's a word, trust me, horror-y. Horror-y. This is a thriller like From Hell. I can't find a release date for this movie. Uh, It's coming out September 1st in the UK, so the US can't be that far behind. Spider-Man Homecoming has a new, sick trailer. This one shows a bit more of him as Peter Parker. Almost has a high school drama John Hughes sort of feel to it. Were you a fan of Workaholics? Are you sad it's going off the air? Well, fear not, it is getting a Netflix original movie, and that comes out on 420 of next year. Of course it does. So on 420 of 2018, you can wake and bake and watch some Workaholics. And finally, we now have a teaser trailer for The Gifted. This isn't a movie, but a TV show that's supposedly about the X-Men. The full trailer drops on the 15th, so keep an eye out for that. I will mention it in the trove, of course. But as far as the teaser trailer goes, it doesn't even mention the word X-Men, mutants, or any of that stuff. And 
I don't recognize any of the mutants in it. This is probably going to be a TV show about the D-list mutants, so we'll see where that goes. Well, my friends, you know what's next. It's time for the movies. The first movie of the week is a movie called Lowriders. A young graffiti artist has a run-in with the law. The boy's father fights to communicate with both his artist son and his second son, an ex-felon. This stars Demian Bachir from The Hateful Eight, Gabriel Chavarria from East Los High, Theo Rossi from Luke Cage, Melissa Benoit from Supergirl, Tony Rivalori from The Grand Budapest Hotel, and Eva Longoria from Desperate Housewives. There's something I hate, and it's when people refer to people who do graffiti as street artists. Yes, an argument can be made that it's art, but you're still painting on other people's property without permission. You do graffiti and you're a criminal, no matter how great it looks. If you're actually hired to do that style of art on a building, then yes, that's, that is, call that person a graffiti artist. But other than that, you're a criminal. Maybe it's because I'm an old man now. 33 is an old man, right? I'm going to be 34. That's old. <laughs> but it could be the old man in me coming out saying, no, you stop that and stop that rap music and get off my lawn. Jesus, a tangent right off the bat. Uh, this is a new record for me. So let's hope I don't break this record. Well, let's get back on track. This looks good. This looks like a modern story, a modern American family story with Mexican heritage and real-life problems. They may not be problems that most of us have been through, but they're still real. Miguel, the father, seems to be a hard-working man whose two sons have both gone rogue in their own way. The ex-con brother obviously turned to a life of crime, enough to go to jail for it, but the young son isn't free of it either. He may not be doing anything that awful, but he's still breaking the law. This is going to be more than just a family drama. This is mainly going to be about Danny and his father. And can Danny find a way out of this life? Because his father is obsessed with lowrider low rider cars and lowrider culture, and he's not that into it. His brother is obviously into other sh so can Danny find this wonderful invention called canvas or paper or wood or anything else that artists use and get out of the ghetto? Can the father learn how to communicate with his sons? One thing about the trailer pissed me off. And it's when Danny and his girlfriend were driving and he gets super excited and makes her pull over so he can graffiti up a wall. She tries to get him to stop, but he just has to. The art's speaking to him. He has to make his art. F*** you. No, you don't, you head don't play the misunderstood artist card it's a douche move but enough about the negative let's talk about the positive the acting looks good and what i like best about it is that it doesn't seem to rely heavily on mexican tropes what are those you may ask listen to any george lopez or carlos mencia stand-ups and you'll know they go over all of it and while these tropes at least the ones those two comics talk about are based in reality we still don't need to see it in every movie do you remember that scene in 22 Jump Street when Jonah Hill is pretending to be some sort of cholo gangster? That's the kind of trope I'm talking about. Like he's walking in with a bandana over his head and some button-up checkered shirt, not even buttoned the whole way, and just going, Orale. There are really people like that. I've met people like that and went to school with them. But it's such a stereotype that if a movie has too many characters like that, it becomes sad and lazy. And you start asking yourself, does this movie really want to talk about Mexican culture, or Mexican-American culture in this case, or does it just want to do a bunch of stereotypes? So in this movie, the characters aren't stereotypes. They're just people, and I like that. 
This is going to be a very interesting movie that also, like I said, dives into world of lowrider culture, thus the name. And so we'll get to see some really interesting cars doing stuff that cars aren't supposed to do. Does your car bounce so high it almost flips over? Yeah, bring it on down. So like I said, this is going to be interesting, but like most movies during blockbuster season, best left to view at home. Lowriders gets a 7 out of 11. Christ almighty, I now have Lowrider by War stuck in my head. Don't get me wrong, it's a great song. Probably one of the best American funk songs of all time. But let's move on with the podcast before I'm tempted to bring out my recorder and try and play the song. You, you don't want that. The next movie on this week's list is called Generation Iron 2. This is a sequel to the 2013 documentary about the world of bodybuilding. If you're into bodybuilding at all, then you probably don't listen to a movie podcast. <laughs> so my recommendation won't even reach your ears. Why watch movies when you could be at the gym more? All right, don't misunderstand. I'm not judging. People have their thing. I used to spend hours a day at a game shop playing 40k or Magic the Gathering and like that. Others, like the people in this documentary, pump iron and get really big and bulky. So much so that Jeffrey Dahmer might even pass on them thinking their meat would be way too tough. The philosophy of somewhat nerdy comes to mind, that everyone is a nerd about something. And to these people, they're a nerd about pumping iron. I would never say that to their face because they might squish my head like a pimple, but they're just a different form of nerd. I know nothing about the world of professional bodybuilding, but what I do know is movies. So let's talk about it that way. This looks like a well-shot and well-presented documentary that follows the daily lives of a few different bodybuilders, but most of the focus stays on the four different guys. It even dives below the surface and talks about bodybuilding and social media. One of the guys says that political correctness is super important because one slip up and people will pounce all over you. That may be super obvious to a lot of us, but when your whole career relies on your image, it's super, super important. So this documentary is more than just 106 minutes of men flexing. So it has that going for it. You don't really need me to tell you, do you? Don't see this in theaters, if it even gets released in your area. If you're interested in the world of professional bodybuilding, check this out at home. Generation Iron 2 gets a 4 out of 11. Next up on the list, my friends, is a movie called Whiskey Galore. In 1941, a military ship crashes off a small Scottish island. The ship is carrying whiskey, and it just so happens that the island just ran out. Together, the islanders plunder the ship and must hide it from the captain stationed on the island. This stars stand-up comic Eddie Izzard, Sean Biggerstaff, who played Oliver Wood in the Harry Potter series, James Cosmo, and Ellie Kendrick from Game of Thrones. This is a remake of a film from 1949 and based off real events, and I can't help but ask myself, why remake it? This doesn't look very good despite having a comic genius in it. This looks like a project that all of these actors picked up because it was probably a short shooting schedule and it could be done in between other projects. I didn't even smile once during the trailer and this is a comedy for Christ's sake. The original movie may have had some good reviews but nothing about it screamed remake. This was a mistake and if you watch it at all, watch it for free at home. Do not waste money on this. My lack of interest is so great, I can't think of anything else to say, and I will stop here. Whiskey Galore gets a 1 out of 11. Let's keep the theme of movies from the UK going with absolutely anything. A group of aliens want to see if humanity should be eradicated or saved. To test it, they give one man the power to do absolutely anything and sit in judgment of his actions. 
This stars Simon Pegg from Star Trek Beyond, Kate Beckinsale from the Underworld series, Rob Riggle, formerly of The Daily Show, Eddie Izzard, again, and, wait for it, Robin Williams. But Billiam, you may be saying. Robin Williams passed away in 2014. How can he be in a movie in 2017? Great question. And here's the answer. He did a voice for this movie and recorded the lines before he died. Of course. This movie came out in the UK and in Europe in 2015. See, in the opening, this is what I meant from a movie from the past. It's only now coming to America. They waited two years to bring this movie over here, and I can't fathom any good reason why. So let's talk about this two-year-old movie, shall we? This looks funny and charming, but not the sort of movie to see in theaters unless you have to see a comedy, and you've already seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and the other comedies this week don't interest you. I laughed a couple times during the trailer, which is already better than Whiskey Galore did. This was written and directed by Terry Jones of Monty Python fame and also features the voices of the remaining Monty Python members. I have the feeling that Terry Jones came up with this idea and one of his friends might have said, but Terry, it's already been done. It was called Bruce Almighty. And Terry Jones said, it's okay, we're British. And we'll change it from God to aliens. There, it's different. So I know you're waiting for it. So here comes my mating example. This movie looks like Bruce Almighty and The World's End had a baby. This looks funny and enjoyable, but just like every other movie this week, it should be saved for home. I actually think I'd really like this movie, but on my couch, with a beer, and a bowl of popcorn. I think everyone who likes comedy should check this out. One day. Just not now. Absolutely anything gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, future fans, we have two movies left before the break, and they'll be short ones. The next movie on the list is called The Wedding Plan. Mikhail's fiance leaves her, but instead of canceling the wedding, she believes that God will provide a loving husband for her. She goes on the hunt as the time until her wedding ticks down. This is an Israeli romantic comedy, which kind of reminds me of a harem anime. And slow your roll, don't get offended yet. If you've never heard the term before, it's a type of anime where there's one main character, usually a man, sometimes a woman, and that main character either has a lot of people in love with them, like they're all over them and they have to choose one, or there's a ton of characters that could be possible love interests, but the main character is usually into just one of them. Usually in these type of shows, there's an obvious choice. For a great example of a harem storyline, check out an old manga called Love Hina. Don't watch the anime, because the anime was terrible. The manga, one of my favorites. But that was tangent number two. I, I think it was number two. I, I haven't been keeping track. <laughs> but you've seen this movie before. This movie looks so boring that even if it was in English and was easier to find in America, even that wouldn't change my score. This looks kind of cute, but so basic and run-of-the-mill that I can't recommend that anyone put any effort into seeing this. If somehow, magically, Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime get this movie, and you have a subscription, then maybe watch it. Maybe. But other than that, skip it. If you're in the mood for a romantic comedy, just pick a different one that's already been out. The Wedding Plan gets a 2 out of 11. And finally, before the break, we have another foreign movie called Mary Piari Bindu. Good lord, I did that in one take. Wow. 
Alright, here's the premise. Abimanyu Roy is a successful writer who's stumbled upon a case of writer's block. He returns to his childhood home to write a great love story, and he finds an old tape that reminds him of his first love. He names his new book Bindu, after the woman he loves, and he takes a trip down memory lane as he writes and he learns that love isn't always where you expect to find it. If you couldn't tell by the names... This is a Hindi film that looks really good. Kind of like The Lake House and About Time Had a Baby. But in India, this is going to be a charming Indian romantic movie that will follow one man's relationship with a woman from the moment they met to the present day. The question is, what will present day hold? I wish Hindi cinema and Bollywood movies were easier to find. I know I've said this before. I know I'm beating a dead horse. But remember, folks, we may have new listeners so they don't know how I feel about these things. I think if movies like this were easier to find in America, then more people would give it a chance. I think this is a great idea that would do really well in America, but it won't because your average American barely knows what American films are coming out each week. If they did, I wouldn't have a reason to do a show. I think this movie should go on everyone's to-be-watched list, and worst case scenario, you never find it. I actually wouldn't be surprised if a couple years down the road, uh, someone in America remakes it. And then everyone will go, oh, what an original idea, this is so great. But you, my future fans, you will be armed with the knowledge that a movie like this already came out. Just like when The Departed came out, and people in the know went, wait, this is a Chinese movie called Infernal Affairs. You, my friends, will be that person. Mary Piari Bindu gets a 6 out of 11. And that is it, my friends. That is it for the first half. I have to go refill my Larry. I really have to thank and curse the Watch Your Mouth podcast because this is all I drink now when it comes to mixed drinks. I could make a margarita. I could make a martini. But why? When I have the ingredients to make a Larry. All right, friends. Here comes a word from our friends at both Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. We'll be back. Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the somewhat nerdy radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast, Someone Read a Comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, and we're back. Welcome back, everyone. I have refreshed my drink, and I'm ready to jump right into the movies with our next film called Paris Can Wait. Anne has been married to a successful movie producer for years, but the problem is he's not very affectionate or attentive. 
While going from Cannes to Paris, her husband must see to some work, so she travels with an associate of her husband's and finds new love for life through a two-day adventure the two of them have. This stars Diane Lane from Batman v Superman and Alec Baldwin from Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. This movie is brought to us by writer-director Eleanor Coppola, wife of Francis Ford Coppola and aunt to Nicolas Cage and Jason Schwartzman. That's right, future fans, they're all related. This film looks like the love child of The Horse Whisperer and Eat, Pray, Love, and that's probably the most genius comparison I have ever made. This is an indie comedy, but not the kind that's really funny. This is going to be a comedy with sarcastic air quotes. It'll have funny moments, but overall it will be a light-hearted romance. The question is, will the man she end up with be her husband who she decides to stay with but push for more out of him, or will she leave her husband for the man who showed her how great life can be? I really hope it's the former because I'm tired of weak women in romance movies. My husband doesn't pay attention to me or show affection. Woe is me. Woman, stand up for yourself. Tell him. Get him to realize what an that he's been and how you're not happy. If he then doesn't change, then leave him. Romance movies have been getting a lot better. It's true. Okay, they've been getting a lot better with this, but it's still an unfortunate trope. You may also be wondering, why did I mention Eat, Pray, Love? This movie is going to focus a lot on food, which means I may have to check it out when it comes out to stream or rent, because I love food. All fat guys do. This film could be interesting, but unfortunately it suffers from indie trailer syndrome, which means it looks boring as all hell. Why can't indie movies have interesting looking trailers? Trailers don't need explosions and special effects and a million laughs. Moonlight did it. That one looked good. And it won best picture. Why can't all the other indie movies out there look at trailers that are actually successful and go, oh, you know, we should make something like that. In the end, this could be promising, but it's not worth the risk of a theater viewing. Paris can wait and gets a five out of 11. We have three movies left, three movies left, and only one pick. Do you know what the big movie coming out this week is? Because I forgot until I did my research, because this movie fell off my radar and it's back on. Well, of course it's back on now, but we have two movies until we reach it. The next movie on the list is called The Wall. Two American soldiers are trapped by a sniper. Both are wounded and have no way to escape. One is out in the open being used as bait and the other is trapped behind a wall. This stars Aaron Taylor Johnson from Avengers Age of Ultron and the wrestler John Cena. Okay, see, this is clearly a fake story. Will never happen because a sniper hit John Cena and how the hell can you hit something when you can't see it? All joking aside, this looks good. Kind of like 127 Hours meets Enemy at the Gates. We had a movie a lot like this back in April called Mine with Army Hammer. And it could have been one of those cases of a movie company hearing that another company is working on a movie kind of like theirs. So they rushed to get it out. So maybe Mine was that movie that was rushed. Who knows? That's just, that's just speculation. This is a good and intense formula that you need reliable actors to be in it because it's going to be a whole lot of nothing. Just acting. Just them talking. Just one or two actors holding their own. But why John Cena, you may be asking. I don't know why they picked him. I really don't. But from the looks of the trailer, he does a good job. Of course, he's working alongside A. Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's a good actor. So maybe the two of them together can work well. 
This looks like a well-shot and well-acted movie, and what else can you ask for? I doubt this is going to have much of a soundtrack, because in a case like this, you'll need the, the focus to be on the silence of the desert to show just how alone these characters are. This looks interesting and well worth a watch at home, when you can have a tall glass of water next to you for when the soldiers run out of water. You think I'm joking, but there was a movie from 2011 called The Way Back with Ed Harris, Colin Farrell, and uh, Mark Strong, based on a true story about prisoners who escaped a Siberian gulag and traveled 4,000 miles by foot to India. Part of the movie, they run out of water in the Gobi Desert, and I have never been so thirsty in my life. My friend AJ and I went and saw this in the theaters, because he has a serious man crush on Colin Farrell, and when we were done, we bought a big thing of water and just downed it. So for this movie, get ready to do the same. The Wall gets a 7 out of 11. Alright friends, two movies left, and the next movie on the list is called Snatched. Emily gets dumped by her boyfriend before they're set to go on a vacation to South America. She still decides to go on the vacation, but invites her mother along, and everything goes to hell. This stars the polarizing stand-up comic Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn from Death Becomes Her. Oh, Amy Schumer. At one time you were a funny stand-up comic and now you're garbage. When she first hit the scene, I really liked her. I was a big fan. I thought I had found my next favorite comic. But fast forward to now and every joke is just a retelling of the scene from Kindergarten Cop where the kid says, Boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. That's it. That's all her stand-up is now. But let's talk about this movie. I'm really surprised it looks as trashy as it does. And also not trashy at the same time. Confused? Let me explain. This comes from the mind of Katie Dippold, the same woman who wrote The Heat and Ghostbusters and various episodes of Parks and Rec. She knows what she's doing. She knows her way around comedy. And I watched two trailers for this, the Red Band and the regular trailer. And the regular trailer looked funny. It looked like a good movie. Not as funny as other modern comedies, but still funny. And the Red Band trailer looked like complete. So I don't like Amy Schumer, but when I went into the trailer, I did so open-minded. And for the first trailer, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised and on board. And then the second one just left me cold. To the trailer's credit, I did laugh a couple times. There were some really good jokes in it, but I'm worried. Which one is it going to be more like? Like the first trailer or the Red Band trailer? Or a mix of both? And if it's an equal mix of both, I don't think I'm going to like this. There's a lot of sexual jokes. And when you're younger, when you're a kid, those are funny. But when you grow up, they're still funny, but too many of them get boring. That's something I learned when I still did improv. A well-timed sex joke will kill it. But too many of them, and you lose the audience, because they're too easy. This could very well be the case of a bad trailer when it comes to the Red Band one. The person behind the trailer may have thought that they'd try to appeal to Schumer fans, and that's why the trailer was the way it was. I want to see this movie just to see which one it's closer to. I will not see this in theaters, and neither should you. The risk that this is going to be garbage is way too high to warrant the price of a ticket. Skip this movie just like I am and watch it at home. And by the way, if you want to find good female stand-up comedians, Amy Schumer's no longer on that list. She was when she first hit the scene, but now it's sad. Look at Chelsea Peretti, uh, Maria Bamford, uh, Kristen Schaal, Tig Notaro, Phoebe Robinson, anyone like that. Yeah, sure, they do their your occasional raunchy joke, but their whole set isn't just that. So check them out. Snatched gets a 5 out of 11. And my friends, it is time for my pick of the week. Did you remember what movie came out this week? Or what the big one is? 
Well, here it is. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Arthur was raised in a brothel after his father, the former king, was murdered. The current king goes on a hunt for the rumored true heir to the throne and finds a grown Arthur who pulls a sword from the stone and must face his fate and take down the man who killed his father. This stars Charlie Hunnam from Pacific Rim, Jude Law from Spy, Jimin Honsu from Wayward Pines, and Eric Bana from Star Trek. Welcome to the first Guy Ritchie film since 2015's The Man from U.N.C.L.E. Fun fact, he's currently working on a live-action Aladdin film for Disney. What the f***? Disney and Guy Ritchie? Hmm, this could actually be good. I just want an honest telling of the King Arthur story, told with today's actors and today's technology. Is that too much to ask? And by the way, when I say technology, I don't mean make it all sci-fi and I mean, you know, updated graphics and all that jazz. But do we really need another movie like Ridley Scott's Robin Hood? It wasn't a bad movie, but they took a famous tale and just changed everything about it. The only reason this movie made it as my pick is because this has a trustworthy cast and director. I really like Guy Ritchie films. I don't think I've ever seen one that I haven't liked. This guy is a true, stylized Hollywood director. He does big-budget movies, but does them in his own artsy way. That is to say, he has a raging boner for slow-mo action shots. This is going to be a solid movie that's not going to win any awards and may not even stick around in people's minds that much. The problem is, is that this isn't a true contender for blockbuster season. This should have come out in late fall or early spring. Then it would have done well. This week, it's going to be crushed by Guardians of the Galaxy, which is still going strong. And next week, Alien Covenant comes out and it's going to surpass this movie, but probably won't overtake Guardians. What really excites me for this film is that it's another chance to see Jude Law. He's a very underappreciated actor who doesn't get enough love. He's fantastic. Watch this trailer, then watch one of the Sherlock Holmes movies, then watch the talented Mr. Ripley, and you'll see a different face from him each and every time. He's an amazing actor. Charlie Hunnam in his own right is getting better and better with each role he gets, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do here. And there's also going to be a nice fantasy element to this movie, just like the original King Arthur story, but just go in a whole new direction. If they at least don't mention one of the Knights of the Round Table, or pe you know, people who will become the Knights of the Round Table eventually, then I'm going to be very disappointed. And will this also mention the Lady of the Lake at all? Questions, people! I have questions! And this movie will answer it. Will I be happy with the answer? Only time will tell. This is a good movie with a good cast, good director, and it looks fun and flashy, and it's based off a familiar story. It has every ingredient needed to make for a good blockbuster movie, but it's not the right mix at the right time, and it's not going to be able to hold its own this season. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, gets an 8 out of 11. Alright, my friends, if you remember last week, you may remember that I introduced a Question of the Week segment. I actually got one answer from Vegan Dan from the Uncork Gamers, I may have gotten that answer because I was just on the last episode of Uncork Gamers and gave him a full list of the summer blockbusters so he can then choose one. But hey, it's still an answer. If you don't remember the question of the week, it was what summer blockbuster are you looking forward to the most? Here is the answer I got from the Uncork Gamers. Hmm, tough, he says. I guess I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman because it has the most writing on it. 
And it's true. There has been a lot of talk about this movie, and some of them are rumors that it's going to be terrible. When this movie was still in production, still being filmed, there were people on set saying it's going to be a mess. But the trailers are looking better and better. Trailer 3 looks really good. It finally looks like DC knows what they're doing, but only time will tell. As for me, the movie I'm looking forward to the most, it's a twofer. And here's why I'm cheating. The main one is Spider-Man Homecoming. Because... I cannot wait. I love Spider-Man. He's always been my favorite Marvel hero. And this movie looks good. It finally looks like they are getting him right. I liked the other movies. I did, but this one looks better. My initial answer when I first came up with this question, the answer I had in my head was it. The reason I changed it to Spider-Man Homecoming is because it doesn't come out till September 8th. Blockbuster season has ended by then, so I can't technically use it, even though out of all the movies this year, this is the one I'm looking forward to the most. Well, that's it for last week's question. It's time for this week's question. Question of the week number two, what's a remake you actually wish Hollywood would make? So to clarify, this is a movie that Hollywood hasn't already remade, or maybe they did, you want to see it again. Maybe you love the story that much, or maybe they screwed up the other times and you want them to get it right. So either that or one that's also not currently in the works. So hit me up on Twitter with that answer. Hit me up on the SoundCloud comments, on our Facebook page, on the Somewhat Nerdy website. Leave a comment there. And like I mentioned earlier, I just recorded with the Uncourt Gamers, so I am in their latest episode. So give it a listen. Just remember, it is not a family-friendly podcast. So let's get into the housekeeping and wrap up this episode. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Tumblr, as well as any podcast listening app. You can also hear me on the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's www.somewhatnerdy.com. And you know what I would love? I would love it if you took some time out of your life to go onto iTunes, give this podcast a rating. I would love five stars. I heard a rumor from Snarf Chris on Somewhat Nerdy Radio that they only allow five stars now. So, you know, go and do that. But leave me a comment. Tell me what you think. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. And how do you reach me? Great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. Email me, and you can also answer the weekly question through email, BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Instagram, Tumblr, BilliamSWN there as well. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast, a great swearity, and like I mentioned earlier, the Uncorked Gamers. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of the latest blogs and news, and finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans. Please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future.